What's going on, everybody? Derek from Lambsville USPSA. Welcome to the channel. If it is your first time here, be sure to like, share, and subscribe. If it is not your first time here, welcome back. Good to see you. Thanks for stopping by. In this kind of twofer episode, we're doing both a YouTube episode and a podcast episode. We are going to do a two-part sit-down with my good friend Lee Cabana, former USPSA Area 7 Director, former USPSA Vice President, uh, still a good friend of mine, Range Master. Uh, he's really taught me a lot. I really enjoy talking to him and shooting with him. So here we go. Sit back and enjoy part one of our chat with Lee Cabana. All right, everybody, Daryl from Lambs Hill USPSA here with my good friend, Mr. Lee Cabana, former Area 7 Director for USPSA. How's it going, Lee? Fantastic. Fantastic. Uh, we had a great uh, Frozen Chosen on January 1st. That we did. Uh, yeah, uh, one of the milder ones I think I've ever uh, participated in. That is a fact, yeah. <laughs> a lot of mud going around the range that day. Yes, especially by the time you were the fifth squad on that stage. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, a lot of a lot of interesting stuff happened that day. Um, obviously, your uh, little incident on stage five there with the squib—that mm. was that was kind of interesting. First time I've actually seen one of those. Yes, yes, and you know it's uh, it, it's uh, probably the third squib I've had in my shooting career. And it's strange that when it happened, I didn't hear it as a squib, but the arrow did, because I was about ready to pull the trigger a, a second time. It's interesting when you're behind the gun, how your perspective is different. Yeah. It, it, what the thing was, it seemed like the RO was the only one that heard it, because I didn't even hear it. And I was standing right next to you. Yeah. But what was what was really strange was that bullet did not seem to be stuck it just didn't go all the way out the barrel because i handed you the zip tie and you put the zip tie in and when you push the zip tie in that's when i noticed the end of the bullet start to stick out from the barrel it was almost like you started to push it out of the barrel yes so yes uh, and uh, probably another grain of powder would have popped it out <laughs> yep <laughs> yep Ooh. and it, it when i got back home it did take a, a number of swings of the uh the mallet to pound it out that last uh eighth of an inch it was amazing yeah yeah that was probably because the, the barrel had cooled off by that point and yeah and but stuff you know, like it that. gives it gives me uh uh the the feeling of the understanding of how much pressure is in that barrel as mm -hmm. that bullet to push that bullet down the barrel and out, you know, where we're, I know I'm unaware of it until something like that happens. And I think, wow, the, the, the pressure buildup in that barrel is tremendous. Yeah. 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 It's uh, it can get scary. That's for sure. <laughs> so the other big news um, that's just happened well, in the last 24 hours, is uh, looks like I'm going to go RO Nationals this year. 
That is fantastic. That is, you're going to have a fantastic, amazing experience. And, and, and what's interesting, uh, what you're going to find interesting is that it's a dichotomy that on one level, it's no different than any other match. Yep. It's the same rule book, the stages, uh, maybe a little more complicated, but not really. Uh, you'll have an embedded team. But on the other hand, it's the most amazing experience because you are, you'll do more ROing during that match than you've done in your career as yep. an RO. Uh, you'll I no doubt be on an experienced uh, team on a stage, be on that same stage the entire match. You'll get to see close up and personal the best shooters in the world. Yep. It's amazing to see the way uh, these these people perform. Uh, the camaraderie, the vendors, uh, just a wonderful, wonderful experience. It's like going to uh, getting your master's degree in uh, USPSA. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's how I look at it. At first it was like, oh, well, it's just another match. It's the same rule book and, and everything. And then it just kind of hit me. This is a national championship. This is like the best shooters from at least the U S if not, if not the world are going to be there shooting right in front of me. So it, it kind of takes a, takes a second to, for that to really click in that like I'm going to a national level championship. Yeah. Yes. And uh, 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 so it's going to be a great experience for you and anyone that's listening to this uh, or watching this uh, podcast that is a certified range officer, I would encourage you to apply to work nationals. Don't think, Oh, I've only been an RO for two years or I've, you know, my experience is not that great. Go ahead and and apply, and if you don't get selected the first year, apply again. You, if I'm sure that you'll eventually go, and it'll be a fantastic experience, not just for you, but when you come back to your home range and your home club, what you'll be able to pass on and share with your increased level of knowledge uh, uh, spreads out throughout uh, uh, the the area. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm definitely looking forward to it. Everybody that I've talked to, even since I turned in my application has said hopefully you get picked because you're just going to have a fantastic time so yes um, really looking forward to that the other big elephant in the room is as of january 1st you have turned the reins of area 7 director over to frank rizzi yes so you see a big smile on my face (laughs) i do yes um So uh, I I do remember at the Area 7 match, you handed over the magazine gauge and the the actual physical size box over to Frank and and a bunch of other stuff. And I believe you told me I gave it to him because I'm sick and tired of storing it in my basement. (laughs) Yes. My uh, 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 me and my dear wife. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yes, I had the uh, the pleasure of working with uh, Frank at the Area Seven match. He was uh, CRO on the stage, and I was RMing. And uh, my impression is that he's a good, competent guy. I think he's going to do good for the area, and uh, uh, we all should do everything we can to support him and make him successful in that job. I know. Um, yesterday afternoon, after you and I 
had our conversation on Facebook there, I actually sent a email to Frank, um, kind of an invite to come here on the podcast and and chat about, you know, the transition from just a regular competitor to the board and, you know, just to help people in Area 7 and USPSA throughout just kind of get to know who he is and, and where he comes from and what he plans to do as a board member. So mm-hmm. I, haven't, I haven't heard back yet, but I'm sure I will. So good. Excellent. Um, so what, what was the transition like Lee knowing that you're, I mean, you were vice president there for what a year and a half or so. Yes. Yeah. And, and, um, board of directors member for four years. So what, what has that transition been like? Well, it's uh, uh, not been difficult. The, the hardest part is I serve on a number of committees, the rules committee, uh, 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 finance, and a couple of others. And it was sad being involved with those committees the last few months, talking about things that were going to be happening after I've left. Right. And, uh, you know, these are uh, a couple of th- these things have been kind of my babies and uh, I'm not going to be able to see them through fruition. But you know what? Uh, there's always uh, a turnover. Uh, I, I don't think it's a bad thing that a younger person is uh, uh, taking over. Uh, uh, we, we need to bring in different perspectives. I think I did a, a decent job. Uh, but, you know, I'm sure Frank has his perspective, especially uh, from uh, a, a magazine-restricted state like New York. Mm-hmm. It'd be interesting to uh, have his perspective on that. Yeah, um, and and that's a, the other thing I really want to push out to the viewers and the listeners is if you have thoughts, ideas, suggestions, complaints, Facebook and the Brian Enos Forum are not the places to bring those up. All right. If you're in Area 7, it's very simple. Send an email, area7 at uspsa.org. Send send your thoughts, your ideas, your complaints directly to your area director. Airing out your dirty laundry on Facebook is not going to do a damn thing for you. So they're they're listening to emails. They've got all the surveys up on the website right now for the different um, rules changes and stuff like that. Go go fill the surveys out. That's they want member feedback. And I think that's the biggest thing the last couple of years that I've seen from the board meeting minutes anyway, is you guys weren't getting a whole lot of member feedback. But yet you mm-hmm. see everybody complaining on Facebook or a forum or Instagram or whatever. It's like, well, send that to me in an email so I can actually discuss it with other people. Correct. And I, I'm sure what Frank is going to do, which is what I try to do also, is to to travel throughout the uh, uh, Area 7, shoot matches, make sure I squatted myself with people I didn't know. Yeah. And uh, uh, let people know that I was the area director, and I would love to hear what they had to say. Mm-hmm. And it's surprising; uh, most people have great comments. Uh, uh, when when you're talking to somebody face to face, you don't hear a "Well, you guys suck" or "This rule stinks." People say, "Well, right. why is this going on?" And most people, that in almost every case, when I can talk to someone one on one and explain the process, 
they may still not agree with the outcome, but they'll always say, I get where you're coming from. I can, I can see that perspective. Yep, exactly. There were, there were a few things that I didn't agree with, but then after talking with you and whatnot, it's like, well, I, I see where they're coming from. I, I still don't necessarily agree with that decision that they made, but I get why they made it. Yes, exactly. Um, you know, and, and a lot of people say that the board doesn't listen to member feedback. Um, I think that's BS. I think they do listen to member feedback because that's why the board is there to represent the members and the members' opinions. But if the members don't give the board their opinions, how can the board act on those? Yes, correct. And and I think uh, 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 one of our staff members, Rick Bratzel, is the IT guy at USPSA. And uh, he's done a wonderful job, well, as long as I've known him, but especially the last few months developing this mechanism for surveys. Yes. And as you can see, the surveys come up. But the, I'll, I'll give you a, not a concern, but just an insight. The way I see it with a, a survey is... Let me give you an example. Uh, let's imagine there's a survey about open division, yep. right? And and somebody responds, and they're a, a revolver shooter. Well, I'm still happy to hear their opinion, but that opinion may not have as much oomph as hearing it from an open shooter. Right. Conversely, if somebody uh, uh, is advocating for a new division in USPSA, Yep. And that individual is a sponsored shooter from a company that makes the gun that would be beautiful in that division. Right. Well, on one hand, I, I am interested in what they have to say because they've got an insight on those guns. But on the other hand, you've got to understand it may not be a disinterested opinion. Right. It, it may not be their opinion. It might be, you know, the company that sponsors them who wants to try to get more of the, try to get more of their guns out yeah. there. Or even 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 an honest opinion that you represent this company and uh, you believe that this is the finest firearm company on earth. They do a great job, great people, great firearms, and I think this gun should have this division. And you honestly believe that, but still, that's not an unbiased opinion. Right. There's still okay. still still a little bit of leaning one way there. That's correct. So. Uh, there's probably no way to account for that completely. Uh, 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 I'm also have been kind of uh, uh, disappointed in that out of all of our members, which is we're approaching 37,000 members, the participation in our surveys are increasing, but they're still low. Yep. And then you also have to, uh, to factor, well, uh, you have survey with question X and you'll get 400 responses out of 37,000. And out of those, 60% approve and 40% don't approve. Right. You know, uh, it's it's unusual to have an overwhelming uh, uh, opinion, 90, 90 to 10, for example. Yeah. Well, I, that's, I, that's, that's, that's the struggle on surveys. Yeah. I mean, I even noticed, you know, you're talking participation in surveys. I even noticed that with the elections last year. I mean, just the election between you and Frank Rizzi, I think not even 15% of the membership of Area 7 voted in that election. 
or and, I, you know, and I, I just don't get it. People want to complain all well, the time, but then they don't want to actually go and cast their vote. And in a way, I, I'm not surprised. And I'm also in a way not disappointed because I would say 85% of the people who participate in the sport do it because it is a fun, safe, and family-oriented thing. Yep. Uh, so, uh, it, it, for example, if I were a golfer, uh, and I was, uh, I really don't care about how the USP, as you know, you, you whatever the uh, governing organization of the golfing association is run, because mm-hmm. I go to the golf course to play golf and have fun and, you know, Mm-hmm. enjoy the sport and i'd say 85 percent of people who shoot uspsa are in that category they don't really see it as a electoral political member inputty uh organization yeah. so i get that and there's nothing wrong with that uh but i'd also say too because of social media the people who gripe are a small percentage of even the people who take USPSA seriously. Uh, with the megaphone of social media, people can make their voices loud. Mm-hmm. And as we all know in our, our own personal lives, I'm sure that people who are happy generally don't say much. Right. So, uh, yeah. So, uh, so it is disappointing in a way that uh, the participation in elections is small, but I understand it. So... Speaking of social media, um, I did put out there yesterday that uh, you and I would be having this conversation today, and I did get a couple of people that submitted uh, a couple of questions for me to ask you. Mm. Um, so kind of segueing off of uh, the previous topic, one of the questions is, what, in your opinion, is USPSA doing right and what could the organization do better? And the follow-up to that is, where do you think the sport and the organization are headed in the future? So uh, what we do right is uh, we put on safe handgun competitions, and we do an excellent job in training the range officer corps. There is a a select group of range master instructors. Uh, These people know the sport inside and out, have received special training in presenting uh, the program. And those uh, courses are available to any club that can pull together. I think the minimum is 20 people uh, to either take the RO course or the CRO course. I think that's uh, something that we do excellently. Uh, something that we we need to improve on uh, is kind of the flip side of that is the mentoring process to range officers. That somebody takes the RO course and they go to their club and they're never asked to hold the timer, uh, run the tablet, uh, uh, identifying people like yourself who are good range officers and saying, you know, Daryl, you want to uh, go to nationals. You want to apply to work nationals. Yeah. You don't do that enough. And and uh, uh, and to people who are ROs or CROs, but especially ROs that you've taken the course, and now you go to a match, don't wait to be asked to run the timer. 
typically, you know, it's the same crew, you know, in yep. Hamden, you've got, you can all rely on Neil and Bernie and Dan Wiswell uh, to be the prime ROs. Yep. But I'm sure every single one of them, if a newly minted RO came up to them and said, uh, Neil, would you mind if I run a few shooters? Yeah. He'd be happy to do that. I know for me, I can learn to a certain level by reading and attending a class, mm -hmm. but unless I'm actually taking the leap almost immediately to actually doing my knowledge level and confidence starts to go down. Yep. So I would say uh, uh, the mentoring program uh, is, is something we need to do better. Uh, that is a local thing. Yep. I think we need to improve uh, on a national level supporting the most important person in the sport, which is the local match director. And uh, 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 Jake Martins, who was our media and uh, events guy, has been working with uh, Donna Webb, who is our managing director, and also Rick, to try to pull the resources together online yep. that have not, not only stages, this is how you do a match, this is how you account for the match, uh, so we need a, a, almost a, like with the ROs, we need a better mentoring program for the match director. Yeah, yeah. I, I remember, I think it was this past year, um, I believe you had posted the link to it on Facebook or something like that. Um, the, uh, the club manual, basically, on yes. how to run matches. And I didn't even know one of those existed. That was the first time I'd ever seen yeah. it was that link. And then I, I opened it up and I went, well, wow, you know, this, yes. this is great. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And yeah, I, I think to a, uh, uh, a new member uh, orientation uh, could be developed. I'll give you a, 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 uh, an example. When I, when I got out of school and I bought my first car on my own, I bought an, an MG mm -hmm. and I wanted to race that car. And it just happened the town that I lived in had an uh, an autocross club. And I thought, wow, this ought to be kind of fun. So I went to their first meeting, and it was in this big room, and it was the regular guy sitting up front. And I went in there. I, I said, hi, welcome, Lee. I sat down, and during the course of that meeting, not one person uh, uh, said anything else to me, asked me information. Here's when the next meeting. I never went back. Yeah. Uh, uh, now USPSA is not to that degree because I think everybody is, is welcomed, but, uh, I, I, I did, for example, I did the match in, um, uh, Southern Maine two years ago where a gentleman who had never shot a match came into the range. And the first thing he did before, and this was COVID. So there was not that normal, uh, 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 uh safety briefing. Yeah. And the first thing he did was pull out a loaded gun. Oh boy. And he got sent home. So yeah. uh, so whose fault was that? Well, it was his fault, but it was also our fault because we didn't have a mechanism to say, if you're a, a new person here, maybe even when you register for the match, we want you to come over here. We're going to spend 15 minutes with you on how we work a match, what the, the, base, the very basic safety rules are. Yeah. And then when that person actually comes to the stage, uh, uh, at least they're not going to be doing something silly right off the bat. Yeah. And when you think about it, here I I I I, I joke with uh, with my dear wife. The the sport that I do is I play with loaded guns. 
right? Yep. <laughs> and that's really what we're playing with loaded guns. And even for many of the A-type personalities who are drawn to our sport, it can be intimidating to walk mm-hmm. into a group of, of people that you've never shot with before, a sport you've never participated in before. And now when they say, uh, 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 Smitty, uh, you're up. Holy, you know, and have all eyes on you. Many times I've heard people say, I'm nervous about the sport because I don't like people watching me while I'm shooting. Yeah. Yeah. But I digress. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I do. I have seen there is, uh, a couple of new things that are starting to come up around, at least up here in the Bangor area. Um, you've got the trinomer shooting team. They have done a couple of kind of intro to USPSA classes where they, do a bunch of book work in the morning and then actually yeah. bring the students out on the range and set up a, you know, a small course of fire and actually work the shooters yeah. through. Um, I know Maine Military Supply, uh, their their team has started up kind of an intro to USPSA class that they do mm-hmm. once a month or so, something like that. So it's, it is starting to take off. Yes. I mean, you, you, we're talking about training range officers. Well, I think we need to not so much train new shooters, but like you said, accept them into the group, you know, take them, just take one squad and make it all new people and have a couple of very experienced shooters and maybe an experienced RO or two and really walk them through it. Yep. Agreed. So the other question that I got, and I don't know how I did not ask you this before, um, for as long as we've known each other, because this one's got me curious. Lee, how did you go about learning the rule book as well as you know the damn rule book? Uh, well, it, it's it's kind of like uh, when the guy in New York City asked. How do you get to Carnegie Hall? Practice, man. Practice. Yep. <laughs> and it, it's just I shoot a lot of matches. Uh, uh, so I'm I'm in the insurance business, uh, and 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 the insurance business is, is nothing but one big thick rule book. So I'm kind of in the habit of of reading those insurance rules, uh, and I've uh, kind of slipped into it easily, uh, uh, and and. There's not a match that I go to that I don't learn something or a, mm-hmm. a, a situation comes up I've never encountered before. So it's you, you do it, you run the timer, you go to nationals, you observe, um, you see a, a, a situation happen that it's never even occurred to you that could possibly happen. But now you you see it, you see how it got handled, you know the precedent for that. Because yep. ultimately, ultimately, the the rule book it's, a, it's it's really an interesting thing. The rule book has to be uh, detailed enough to run a nationals match, but it has to be simple enough for the level one club to implement adequately. Right. Right. So you can't you can't have a rule book that's this thick because you no one would ever have the 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 knowledge uh, for it. But when you have it this thick as it is, it cannot cover every instance. So something weird happens, something one-off happens, and you have to 
sometimes extrapolate from rule A says this, rule B says this. My ruling is based on those two things. Yep. So you just you just do, you hold the timer, you shoot, you think uh, how, how many times after driving home from Hamden on that hour drive back to uh, to Winslow, I'll review the match and I'll think, wow, what ha- this happened this way. What would have happened if it had flipped the other way? And when I get home, I'll look at the rule book and try to find the rules that might have a- applied to that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I've uh, got my actual printed version of the rule book right here. And mm-hmm. Got it right on my desk, and it seems like every time I look at it, I just imagine it with little legs on it, and then I go, well, if it has legs, then that's Lee Cabana. So it's <laughs> not a rule book anymore. Yeah, and, what, and sometimes what I'll do is I uh, I also printed the rule book. Uh, I keep it in my desk drawer, and sometimes during lunch, I will pick just a page out of the rule book, yep. and I will focus just on that page and and then try to imagine scenarios that that particular rule applies to. So eating it bite by bite instead of trying to understand the whole thing at one time. Yeah. Yeah. That's uh that's a good strategy right there. Just pick a page, a page a day or a couple pages a day. You know, usually when I'm at work I have some slow time myself. So that's uh that's not a bad idea. All right, everybody. Hope you enjoyed part one of my interview with Lee Cabana. Be sure to stay tuned next week for part two. But until then, as always, shoot safe. Mm-hmm.